0: Hey guys, and welcome to Get Alive Podcast. It's me, Bish. We are back. It's one day before Valentine's Day, and you know what we're talking about? kumuso 8 Empires or Dynasty Warriors 9 Empires and you might be wondering fish, you're not calling it Dynasty Warriors and I think the reason being is because Dynasty Warriors is the American pronunciation I live in the UK and people look at me differently when I pronounce it Dynasty Warriors as opposed to Dynasty Warriors so from now on I'm going to be calling it Dynasty Warriors so tough luck that's what we're going to call it today so Dynasty Warriors 9 Empires as you guys know is a Shin San game a Dynasty Warriors game that is set differently in the sense that your battles are kind of free you can sort of do as you like in a sense so you can decide to be a part of a faction create your own faction be a vagrant or be a ruler and sort of take over China and conquer China yourself and it's it's a series that's sort of been going on since Dynasty Warriors 4 and it's sort of been a tradition in the Dynasty Warriors franchise so you'll get your base game then you'll get an Extreme Legends which is back in the day because you couldn't really get expansion packs they would just sell you these um discs that you could do like mix joy with so basically you'd swap the disc in the console and then it will give you that content as opposed to DLC we're seeing a phasing out of XL or Dynasty Warriors Extreme Legends because of the introduction with DLC and season passes and I think Koei is not going to continue with that anymore considering they can charge pretty much the price of a full game for a season pass empires is different because I don't really consider empires to be the same game I I kind of consider it to be a different version a different take on dynasty warriors and we'll get into that in a bit but before that we just want to thank our sponsors if you're really interested in supporting the show please do make sure that you support our sponsors you can check them all out at getalifepodcast.com forward slash sponsors in addition to that if you want to support the show directly check us out on our patreon page where you can get early access to certain episodes like kunai and umai uh, not up unfortunately but you get ad-free content on everything that we do, including GAP. So, if you don't like hearing the ads, check us out on our Patreon. I think it's only like £5 a month. So, yeah. Consider supporting the show. So, yeah. Shinsangoku Musou 8 was a bit of a disappointment. So, Dynasty Warriors 9, for me, was a bit of a disappointment. I didn't want Koei to kind of continue it, and when Koei announced this at TGS, I was very worried, because a lot of the community, a lot of the KT family, a lot of the Musou fans were wondering what could be the special Dynasty Warriors announcement. A lot of people Thinking about Shin San Goku Musou remaster or remake, and we didn't get that. And we were so close as well. We were thinking, yes, we're going to get it. We're going to get it this year. This is going to be the big announcement. And in the back of my head, I was like, what if we get Dynasty Warriors 9 Empire? And I started to panic because I knew what Dynasty Warriors 9 was. I didn't enjoy it. It was a different take. Some people did enjoy it. But if you guys want to hear my opinions on Dynasty Warriors 9, you could check out my review on the website. And for me, as a game, it sort of shook my faith in Dynasty Warriors, not necessarily in because Koei has shown us that they can produce some great games right? Like Sengoku Musou, Samurai Warriors, stuff like that. So they've proved to us that they can create good games. But with Dynasty Warriors 9, my faith in the Dynasty Warriors franchise was shaken a lot. So to hear that there is a continuation of that franchise, of that game, of that sort of gameplay style, that mechanics, really scared me. I was just afraid also with the fact that we weren't getting much information. We were being told that this game was going to get released in a year's time and we didn't get information. We got a trailer, we didn't get Gameplay. We didn't get to see anything else. We didn't get much information, and in fact, in terms of press releases, we weren't getting much info because there wasn't much info to give. The game was still in development. We got an announcement that the game was going to be the first Dynasty Warriors to make it to the PlayStation 5, which was impressive, and we're thinking, oh, that's going to be cool. At the time, I was hoping that Samurai Warriors was going to be the first Muso game to be on the PlayStation 5, but we didn't see that. And then we got a delay announcement, and then I realized, okay, well, we're not going to get this game. As soon as I hear the delay, I was like, Yeah, we're not going to get this game. We haven't heard about it for a while. And then I heard the delay announcement. And then I heard the other new launch announcement. Oh, I was like, Wow. So Koei is doubling down on Dynasty Warriors 9. I was actually at peace when I heard that we weren't going to get any more Dynasty Warriors 9. And then we got the announcement of Dynasty Warriors 9 Empires. Enough about Dynasty Warriors 9 because Empires is completely different. It blew me away. I, I can't really describe it. It's very difficult to describe because initially in my Dynasty Warriors 9 room, Review and in other content that we've created surrounding Dynasty Warriors 9, whether it's episodes with Chris Gildart or Matthew Sainsbury, I keep on hammering the point home that Dynasty Warriors 9 doesn't work as a Dynasty Warriors game for various reasons, which you can read on, on the website. But I could see it working as an Empire's game because when you take this game into the Empire's format, it works flawlessly. Like, even the shitty gameplay mechanics, even the shitty battle mechanics in Dynasty Warriors 9, you know, with that sort of remade Renbu rank system, you know, where you basically have the infinite attacks that can be interrupted. Even with all of that, the repeating movesets, the clones, it works in Dynasty Warriors 9 Empires. Because Nine Empires isn't about experiencing the story of Dynasty Warriors. It's about forging your own. It's, and that's what it is. It's about creating your own characters, your own stories, and sort of doing what you want. If you want to be a tyrant, with your own character, you can do so. You can pillage villages, you can burn down camps. You could do all of this crazy stuff. If you wanted to be benevolent like Yubei, if you wanted to be a strategist like Zhuge Liang, you know, you could do all of that. The game gives you a lot of freedom and some people might knock it because it's like well there's actually not a lot of content but you make of it what you want to do and it's interesting because like i said i don't see it as a dynasty warriors game i see it as a romance of the three kingdom game that is using the dynasty warriors engine using the dynasty warriors essence i love romance of three kingdoms but i can't sustain a long play session, just because of how political the game gets, how boring it is, the fact that I'm not doing any sort of action, I'm sending troops to battle, but I'm not actually physically pressing buttons, I get the best of both worlds with empires because it is the amalgamation of Dynasty Warriors and Romance of the Three Kingdoms. And I think one of the reasons why I enjoy the game is because of the politics features that we sort of inherit from, you know, in the past from the Romance of the Three Kingdoms games, alliances, recruiting officers poisoning uh, rations, stuff like that, stuff that you would actually be doing in that era in that region so that's great. I also like the Creator Warrior. Creator Warrior and I think this is one of the reasons why Dynasty Warriors Empires as a game franchise as a spin-off always does incredibly well overseas especially in the UK. I don't know why but the base Dynasty Warriors game never gets good reviews in the UK apart from you know the, the Muso fans. Surprisingly there's a lot more press on Empires. You know you see it in the newspapers. I remember back in the day I saw Dynasty Warriors 6 i empires in the metro newspaper and then when seven came out i saw that as well when eight empires came out i saw it as well and i was just like how is it that empires is more popular and i think the reason empires is more popular is because it gives you the ability to create your own warrior and koei has sort of taken it to the next level you create a warriors in this game is far more advanced you have two options you have basically the more simplified version which is akin to previous dynasty warriors empires games and you've got i would say a more advanced Advanced version that's pretty much been taken out of neo if you've played neo 2, you know what i'm talking about basically where you could just modify everything head shape eyebrows uh, Eyes the curvature of your mouth stuff like that and it's pretty cool You can add makeup hairstyles can change as well You get a lot more options, but at the same time you don't a lot of the options that are given to you I don't think many people will use and I think it might be a bit overwhelming it's there for people that want to experience that, but most people might not want to spend that much time. And it's, it's a good thing, but at the same time, there's a lot of features that are missing. And I feel that there's a lot of customization options that have been removed, possibly, so that they can reintroduce it in terms of DLC. I'm looking at the Season Pass now. I will say this, Koei did provide us a Deluxe Edition code for the game. So it is including the Season Pass. At the time of recording, the Season Pass isn't active because we're playing the game pre-launch. But if you're looking at the Japanese Steam page for Shin 8 Empires, you basically get custom part sets which is a set consisting of 14 pieces. So I'm presuming like a top and a bottom, or I don't think it's like 14 sets, that would be mad. You also get five additional palaces, four additional military units, which is your wolf, bear, tiger, and panda. It's gonna be releasing sometime throughout the months. But when you look at it, the DLC pieces look quite interesting. I don't know, there's some returning pieces from previous games, from what I can see in the DLC, of the Dragoon set, you know, the, the dragon armor and, you know, stuff like that. There's some really interesting sets, some really interesting palaces. Koei seems to go for exciting looking cosmetics. The season pass doesn't contain scenario DLC, which I think might upset some people, but also might be a good thing because I always hated it when games would give you scenario DLCs and especially for an Empire's game, I don't think scenario DLC should be a thing. I think they should just provide scenario DLC for free because there's a lot of scenarios missing from this game. I want to see more of the Jin Kingdom. I want to see more of a sort of Lu scenario or even made up scenarios that we've seen in like samurai warriors right those weird offbeat storylines i want to see that but i'm hoping maybe koei might release it as um free dlc we don't know but in terms of the season pass it's just basically cosmetic parts for your custom creator warriors and the fact that they've given you stuff that's in previous games like the the creator warrior sets from previous games is pretty annoying you know it should have been in the base game in my personal opinion also from what i can see and i don't know if this is something that is there because it's not mentioned in the dlc pack but on the japanese steam website you can see Liu Bei wearing his dynasty warriors 5 outfit so it makes me think that there's going to be old school costumes returning as well i don't know i can't say it's kind of disappointing with the dlc offering that there's certain creator warrior stuff that should have been included in the game for everyone especially older creator warrior assets and the fact that you're hiding military units behind a paywall is a bit disappointing and i understand why they do it they they do it there so that you can buy the season pass but for me i don't recommend buying the season pass you're not missing out on anything there's no story season pass um there's no story dlc it's just cosmetics and it's kind of upsetting that they include the cosmetics as dlc to begin with coming really needs to sort that out besides that i will say that this is a fun game like i really enjoyed playing this game but i'll talk about that after the break we're going to go on a little ad break enjoy the ads if you're listening on patreon you're not going to get ads so enjoy that as well this episode of the podcast is brought to you by the podcast. You're like, oh my God, Bish, what are you talking about? Well, basically we started off a Patreon page and a coffee page. So go to patreon.com forward slash podcast and pledge five pounds a month, not including v 18. You get early access on all of our GALP content. That's Kunai, GALP and Umai. Although we won't be able to do it for review roundups because of embargoes and stuff. And also you get ad free content on all the episodes. So if you're listening to this, obviously you're not subscribed on Patreon, please do. And if you're thinking, oh, well, Bish, I really want to support the podcast, but I can't, you know, do monthly payments or whatever, then maybe consider supporting us on Coffee as well. So that is ko-fi.com forward slash podcast and consider giving us a tip, buying us a coffee, if you will, and... Hopefully that will help us to grow the podcast. It will help us to do this full time because ultimately that's really what we want to do. I'm being honest with you guys. When you support us directly through Patreon or Coffee, it really does help us out a lot. And I do appreciate it. So thank you. Hopefully you might consider that is patreon.com forward slash life podcast or ko-fi.com forward slash get a life podcast. Thank you. And back onto the episode. Okay, we're back talking about Dynasty Warriors 9, Empires or Shin 8 Empires. Great game, fantastic game, I keep on saying this, but why do I like it if I hated Dynasty Warriors 9 so much? It's because there's a lot of things that Koei had learned from, from Dynasty Warriors 9, to Dynasty Warriors 9 Empires. And you might be thinking, well, no, it's the same game, Bish. What the hell are you talking about? There's a lot of changes. There was a complaint in regard to Dynasty Warriors 9 that were made by a lot of people about clone movesets. We've seen a lot of characters get de-cloned. And yes, those de-cloned movesets were DLC weapons from Dynasty Warriors 9. But on the flip side, even though you are de-cloning those movesets, if you play as Wang Yi, Wang Yi has these sort of arrowheads that she fights with, which were akin to her Sai in Dynasty Warriors 8. Her previous weapon in Dynasty Wars 9 were the rings, the steel rings, that a Sun Zhang Jiang would use. And her muso is still done with the rings. So it's cool that you've sort of changed the default weapons and that you've changed the EX weapons over, but at least modify the Musos. That would have been something that would have been a nice feature to see. In terms of gameplay, the gameplay remains the same from Dynasty Warriors 9. Um, That simple square, 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 square. There's no charge attacks. If you wanted to do any sort of launch attacks or stun attacks, you have to do it with this R1 face button system, which works in other games because we see it working in Samurai Warriors. We see it working in Uh, One Piece Pirate Warriors, but that's because those games don't remove the charge attacks and use it to replace the charge attacks. They use it as additional moves. The fact that it's still using that system irks me off a little bit, but I'm less inclined to hate it. And that's because of the battles itself. The battles are incredibly enjoyable. I used to dislike battles in Dynasty Warriors 9 because of the fact that they were not contained. You could leave a battle at any time. You could basically use your grappling hook to scale a wall and basically go in and defeat an enemy commander straight away but Koei has actually gone in and implemented certain things, certain changes that I felt that needed to be made, like the grappling hook. So, for example, now, because of Empire, the way it works is that you basically need to take down bases and the more bases you take down, the better chance of winning. But it does it in a very interesting way because you need to take down certain bases, you need to be very strategic because certain bases are uh, catapult bases, which will help you take down bases inside the castles before the gates are open. Some are siege bases, some are bases that produce siege ladders that allow you to scale the walls of a castle. So you can play very strategically. You could do it however you want. You could go after those siege bases. You can go after the ram bases. You can go after the catapult bases. It's great in that sense. But also, it doesn't allow you to use your grappling hook until you've surrounded the castle, until that you've taken out the four bases on the pillars of the castle, and they're basically archer bases and things like that. So once you've taken them out, and the only way to really take them out is by getting your catapult bases because they're the only ones that can attack those bases from afar. So the only way to use the grappling hook is to take those bases out. And it's very smart because if you think about it, you're not going to be using your grappling hook if there's archers shooting down at you. Like just that's just it. So the grappling hook actually serves a purpose. And part of me thinks that it should have been like that in Dynasty Warriors 9 because that was one of the main factors that took away the joy from the battles. The scenery of the battles are great as well. There was one thing that I was worried about is that, well, Dynasty Warriors 9 doesn't have much of the scenery. Like the maps are very generic. And that's the truth because it's mostly castles and things like that, but they've made it work. They've actually sectioned off a lot of the the maps that you would have been playing in Dynasty Warriors 9. So yes, they do look generic in terms of map layout, but they use it strategically because I've noticed that the way that the maps are laid out, they're not memorable by any means, but they're very strategic in the way that they're laid out. So for example, they've placed bases on the top of a hill and you can't climb that hill. You'd have to go the long way around to get to it. Or they've placed a base in the middle of a poison swamp. Stuff like that. And if you go into it, you will lose your health it's stuff like that they're using the environment of dynasty warriors 9 they're using that environment to its advantage because in history and in military strategy right you're going to use the cliff for defense you're going to use the hill to make attacks on the enemies and, and stuff like that and the fact that battles can take place at night as well which is fantastic because that adds another level of strategy and your moves kind of change accordingly Right, your special plans will change accordingly. Like I've found that if I'm playing a night battle, which is rare, by the way, if I am playing a night battle, you're gonna see a lot more fire attacks happen. I think the reason why that is is because Koei wants to show off the battle with more light and stuff like that, which is pretty cool. It works. It genuinely works. I've never been upset with a battle in this game. Yes, the maps aren't memorable, but every battle was enjoyable. There were some times in Dynasty Warriors Empires games where I would skip battles because I was like, oh, I don't really care. I just want to end this battle quickly. But there are times in which I want to push myself in this game. This game is incredibly difficult. If you're playing on normal, you will get your ass handed to you. And the reason being is because your officer's rank is sort of based on your politics and You can sort of raise your rank that way. It's not necessarily done through battles. So you're going to be low ranked from the very beginning. The the game's difficulty sort of progresses depending on how many units that you have, how many units the enemy has, but also at the same time, how many territories that you have and that your enemy has and how fortified your territories are. And there's, there's a lot of features that I can't really go through because of the fact that there's just so much, there's so many politics systems that affect battle. And it's great because that's how it would be in real life. I'm not saying that the game is realistic because it's not a realistic game by any means. But these little politics features really adds to make the game fresh because I could be doing a very, uh, a very benevolent playthrough the first time and then next thing you know, I want to be a tyrant like, It allows you to play the game the way you want to play it. You can basically forge your own destiny, which I find very good. It allows you to be a Chunibyo, if that makes sense. It allows you to create your own stories, and that's fantastic. Even in terms of battles, there are times in which I want to test myself, and the game will tell you, you do not have enough troops for this battle. You're going to get your ass handed to you. Like, there's a little bar at the bottom that says whether or not you are prepared for this battle, if you have enough troops, if you have enough rations, because that's another thing. You could have all the troops in the world but if you don't have the rations to feed them then you can't deploy as many troops which is very smart so you have to sort of balance everything you have to balance your funds you have to balance your rations like in previous games you could basically do whatever you want and there wasn't that many things limiting you but the limits that are put in place by the rations and by the you know funds and things like that really makes the game interesting because there are times in which i have no rations and it's just me as the ruler in a battle and i just want to go in and fuck shit up and it's very difficult and that's fun i haven't played a dynasty warriors game that had that level of difficulty in a long time like the battle i remember i think i was fighting sao sao and it was just like myself and i had literally myself there was no other units and when you're fighting a battle where there's no other units you basically have you start off with like one base and the enemies try and take all your bases at once and it's pretty insane and as soon as you take one base they'll take the other and it's it's like oh god damn it like how can i fight out of this and you have to think about it very strategically you have to go after certain bases like for me if i'm fighting by myself i'm gonna go Go straight after the catapult base because that catapult base will help me to take other bases. It will make it a lot easier because the barrage of attacks will lower the enemy's morale, will lower the enemy's number. And at the top, you know, your morale bar. Back in the day, it was just basically an indicator of how you're doing. In the battle but here there's actually a enemy number count and there's also your own troop count as well and you want to make that troop count as low as possible not for yourself you want to sustain it for yourself but you want to make it as low as possible for your enemies so the easiest way to bring it down is by taking bases but also by defeating enemy officers because they'll come to a certain point once it hits zero that you can't respawn your officers your officers won't be able to respawn they might be captured and In cases of you as the ruler, because I don't know if you know this, but with Dynasty Warriors Empires games, if you die, you will respawn at one of your bases. But if you hit zero troops, you're not going to respawn. And the game will tell you basically if you if you die, then you've lost the battle. And, you know, if you're defending, you would have lost that territory in some cases. So for me, sometimes that one man army, uh, that's always a fun way of doing it. Sometimes it's just fun bringing all of the people that you can bring on a really weak army because depending on how you fight the battle and depending on how much you destroy the enemy, you can get your enemy to do some very interesting things like what I tend to do and and what my strategy is and kind of to do like speed runs for the game is that I will target the capital. And then once you take down the leader, if you take them down and you manage to capture them, because sometimes they'll just relocate to a different capital if you release them. If you capture them and you just execute them, um, one of two things can happen. If they have a successor, then the successor will take over and then, you know, take over their other regions. But if they don't have a successor, what would happen is that the game would give you their land their next commanding officer will say we want to make an alliance with you we want to join you so you end up getting their land and that's how it used to be in like older games but it was a lot more difficult in older games because they don't want you to speed run as, as much but the battles in the older games are a lot easier so there's that balance there it's not like it's op when you do that it's actually quite difficult to do speaking of battles there was one thing that i wanted to mention uh secret plans do exist uh sort of returned from the previous dynasty warriors uh, empires games they are a bit naff in the sense because it's like it's very cut and dry like it's sort of like an objective in samurai warriors but it doesn't really affect storylines or anything so it will be like capture this space so that the sorcerers don't perform their magic or defeat these messengers so that they don't call for reinforcements or defeat these enemy officers so that you could basically lower morale of the enemy so it's very basic things and they can be very repetitive depending on who you're bringing into battle because each person that you bring into battle depending on their bond rank will bring forth different secret plans and it's also depending on which location like for example if you're fighting like huo and like the you know, the regions in the south where you get the sort of poison swamps, you'd find that a lot more people would be suggesting poison attacks. Or if you're fighting certain areas, you know, where it's quite windy historically in China, you'd be suggested more fire attacks. Like that's what I found. But speaking of the bond system, this game reintroduces the bond systems, I think, from uh, the previous games. There is a marriage system in this game. And also, once you've completed the game successfully, if you have a spouse, you'll get a cutscene in which you'll have a um, child with that spouse. And it takes features from both you and your spouse and sort of create a warrior based on that which I think is a nice feature. But one feature that I'm kind of upset about and one feature that I think should have been made into this game, same sex marriage. I don't understand why Koei hasn't included it. Look, I know people will be like, well, it's not historically accurate. This is a game where literally your DLC turns your palace into a, a stadium or turns your palace into a school gym. And this is a game that in the past, have had you fight with shish kebabs i don't think it would have been difficult for koei to have included same-sex marriages in the game that's just my opinion and you might be thinking well how could they have included it there is an option once you hit s rank to basically propose to a character or make them your sworn sibling Uh, especially if you're a male character and you're going after a female character they give you the choice it's not like all your female characters are going to be you know your spouse right and they can confess to you and you could say no so i don't understand why kohi can't do the same thing because you know that's just it is sexy like let's not deny that so how come we can't marry Sao P? that's that's the thing i just want to know like how come i can't do that what's stopping it what's stopping you guys like kohi you can patch i hope kohi does patch this in because a lot of fans have been asking for this you know since marriage was introduced in dynasty warriors 6 and it's 2022 we like come on like let's let's get on this and actually sort that out don't give us excuses i would say that's one of the disappointing things in the game the thing that i'm most disappointed about the most to be honest like it's a fantastic game but just the lack of same-sex marriages is really disappointing because that's what empire is about empires is about forging your own history creating your own characters, playing the game that you want to play. And it's nice to have that representation. And it's weird because, once again, I know a lot of people will be like, well, it's not historically accurate. But like I said, it's not historically accurate to be fighting with pandas. It's not historically accurate to be fighting with shish kebabs. You know, I know I'm going hard on this point, but Chloe, come on. You need, you need to sort that out that being said we're going to go on an ad break now and when we return i'm going to be talking about what else i like about this game and what i want to see for the future of dynasty warriors this episode of the podcast is brought to you by crunchyroll go and check them out at getlifepodcast.com forward slash crunchyroll for 14 day free trial of crunchyroll premium service that means anime without ads 1080p hd you can watch it on all your favorite devices your tvs your phones whatever even if you want to watch it on your chromecast you can as well that's amazing go and check them out 14 day free trial You've got the most diverse collection of anime and manga on the internet so go and check them out it's a no-brainer lads getlifepodcast.com forward slash thank you Crunchyroll, for sponsoring this episode of the podcast This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by the lovely people at Japan Crate. Japan Crate offers a unique experience of Japan through monthly crates filled with candy. And who doesn't love candy, right? Japan Crate brings you a delicious selection of snacks every month. You can check it out on our YouTube channel. Learn more at getlifepodcast.com forward slash Japan Crate. Remember, use the code GALP for $3 off on new subscriptions. So getLifePodcast.com forward slash Japan Crate. Use the code GALP for $3 off. And if you want to check out what snacks that you get in the crates, go and check out our YouTube channels. Links will be in the description. So go and check them out. Thank you, Japan Crate, for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Okay, um, I did say that we would be back and talking about what I like about this game I have another gripe which is basically textures in this game are quite poor you can notice it on your creator warriors because a lot of the stuff are like creator warrior assets from dynasty warriors 5 and dynasty warriors 6 so I'm guessing that they're not translating well into the game and I was told that there is going to be a day 1 patch hopefully that fixes it yeah that is always kind of disappointing and it's not necessarily needed Um, the game does give you a performance mode and a uh, action mode which is basically one that prioritizes frame rates and the other one that prioritizes visuals and I would always recommend to do the performance mode the mode that sort of prioritizes frame rate because you need as much frame rate in the muso games as you can get so yeah just always prioritize that even if you are playing on playstation 5 Uh, there is one thing I will say the game runs really well using remote play for some reason I was playing on a ps4 using ps5 remote play in a different room and even in different locations my Internet is not the best, but it's kind of decent. Like, I would say it's average and it works quite well. There are some sort of occasional dips, but that's sort of my like my Internet issue. But it does work. If you are the type of person that wants to play this game remotely, you can do that. Yeah, there's that. One thing that I really did enjoy about the game is just the interactions that you do get with your characters, your special plans that come along, as well as just going around and visiting the territory because the game is an open world but there are some open world elements if you're a leader of a particular region and with the more regions that you add the more access you kind of get in this sort of free roam where you can ask people to accompany you and you can do hunting and well it's not necessarily hunting you can basically like hunt animals but it's not like how it used to be like hunting animals doesn't actually gain you anything you just get gold and supplies and stuff. It's not like in previous games where you get pelts and you'd get meat and you'd get stuff that you can use to craft other things. There isn't a crafting system in this game, which is to be expected. It doesn't need one. And I don't think Dynasty Warriors I needed one. It sort of goes back to the old Dynasty Warriors games where you have these orbs fire orbs and, and you know weapon Im- imbuements and stuff like that there is no weapon uh, fusion system uh, like in previous games basically you're given the weapon that you're given and then sort of based on the orbs that you have your weapons will change and you can also select any weapon that you'd like which is a great feature uh, you can't switch weapons between battle though which is something that we've seen in like previous dynasty warriors games like seven empires and, S- and eight empires but you don't have that anymore the game actually doesn't have multiple voices so the only voice track that you get is Japanese. So if you don't like Japanese voices, then you're out of luck here. I'm glad that there is no English voices because that really irked me in um, Dynasty Warriors 9. Um, I am disappointed that there is no Chinese voices. Uh, I really did enjoy the Chinese voices in Dynasty Warriors 9 and it was like one of my highlights for Dynasty Warriors 9. So it would have been nice to have seen it. Uh, if you are playing the game on Steam, you do get access to a lot of language options, uh, Japanese, Korean, Traditional Chinese, simplified Chinese, and I'm presuming uh, when the Western launch comes out, you will also get access to German, French, uh, I think Portuguese, and Spanish, as well as English. So your subtitle options are really, really vast in this game. And I think the reason being is because there isn't that much dialogue in this game, there isn't that many cutscenes in this game. But yeah, for me, Dynasty Warriors 9 Empires or or 8 Empires put my faith back in Koei, put my faith back in Dynasty Warriors, and I'm excited to see what Dynasty Warriors 10 is going to. be like i hope dynasty warriors 10 is going to be huge it's the 10th game in the series so i'm hoping that it's going to be good and i'm also hoping that koei sort of changes dynasty warriors 9 to 10 like instead of calling it Shinsangokumuso 9 i'm hoping they just call it Shinsangokumuso 10 because i know a lot of companies sort of avoid the the number 9 because it's like considered bad luck i'm hoping that they just sort of rename the series to Shinsangokumuso 10 and just keep it With the same naming convention, because I would really enjoy that. That would be good. I'm hoping, in terms of the future of Dynasty Warriors, that we see Dynasty Warriors Remake of the previous games. A lot of the fans still want that. A lot of the fans want to see that on the PlayStation. I think if Koei has an issue with licensing and, you know, getting the naming rights and things like that, they should just release it under the Japanese name and just call it Shinsangokumuso Remake. That would be good. I think that's what they should go for. If they can't release Dynasty Warriors 2 and 3 because, you know, they're a no one knows apparently no one knows who has the the publishing rights i don't know because these companies that had the publishing rights don't exist anymore midas doesn't know thq doesn't know because obviously now they're thq nordic but they didn't take over all of the licenses from thq so it's like who owns the licenses i don't know especially in europe um but i know those games have been released um on the playstation network in Japan and even in Europe, uh, Dynasty Warriors 4, Dynasty Warriors 5 have been released on the PlayStation Network. So it would be nice to see two and three make its way over in a PS5 bundle, Shinsango Sangokumusou Remastered or something. That would be nice to see. I would like to see a return to form for Dynasty Warriors. I like the idea of open world but I also like the feeling that you get when you're enclosed in a battle and when you actually design maps as opposed to design a whole country. When you're designing maps, the maps have a more charm. You know what's going on, you can actually learn the territory, you can learn the terrain, you can use it to your advantage, you know where to go, and that's what we like to see. So for Dynasty Warriors 10, Koei, go back to basics. Even if you do the samurai warriors route, where you remake the game bare bones, and use that new engine, bring back like four characters if you need to and focus the game on a particular story. So if, for example, because that's how it was back in the day, like I find that Dynasty Warriors four was like very woo focused. Right. Uh, Dynasty Warriors five was very shoe focused. I can't remember much about Dynasty Warriors 6, but I remember even Dynasty Warriors 2. I would enjoy playing the way story a lot more. So each game had its sort of focus, and I want to see that. Kind of Dynasty Warriors 8 had that sort of other faction focus. Dynasty Warriors 7 had that Jin uh, or gene. Uh, focus on there so that's why I want to see I want to see a return to form I want to see maybe just bring back the characters that we saw in previous games like maybe have your original cast from Dynasty Warriors 3 that would annoy a lot of people don't get me wrong, that would annoy a lot of people because then obviously you're missing out the Gene characters, but you could probably add them in as well. But just putting in the core number of characters in terms of playable characters and sort of focus it like kind of like how you did with Samurai Warriors 5 and focusing it on Mitsuhide and Nobunaga. Maybe focusing the story on Yubei and Cao, Cao for example, or what I think would be a very, very interesting game would be focusing the story on Sumai and Duga Liang. That would be really cool. That would be a fantastic game, but it would mean that you would get like a certain chunk of the story because Duga Liang was not there from the, being, from the beginning. Neither was Sumai but they were there for a lot of battles. So you can cover a lot of story. There. I think that would be very interesting to do. That sort of Samurai Warriors 5 style of game where it's reduced characters, even if you did clone movesets like in Samurai Wars 5. I didn't really it didn't really make a difference to me because you were very focused on story and I think that's what excels with Dynasty Warriors because we've seen it in the past when Dynasty Warriors games were incredibly focused on story we got better games because of it when maps were basically designed very tight when maps were very thought out as opposed to just being a castle in a field we got better games for it so Koe, please um if you are listening which I know you are so take these into consideration because I know you took a lot into consideration from 9 to 9 empires and I have a feeling that you are probably are working on Dynasty Warriors 10 I'm here to to give you feedback if you want my feedback i'm gonna give it to you so please listen to the community because a lot of us didn't like dynasty warriors 9 and i think a lot of us will enjoy dynasty warriors 9 empires because of the changes that you've made between the games i just want to say before we end this episode if you loved dynasty warriors 9 you're gonna like this game no doubt about it if you didn't like dynasty warriors 9 if you were someone like me that hated it play this game because in my opinion i think it's worth the full retail price with all the features that you get with the fact that this game was basically designed for empires dynasty warriors 9 was designed to be an empire's game and it truly works in this game so please pick it up please support Koei, please buy the game and if you want buy the dlc i don't think you're going to need the dlc but if you want more customization buy the dlc so yeah that being said big thanks to Koei for Uh, providing us a code for this game and big thanks to you guys and um, for supporting the show for supporting our sponsors and for supporting us on patreon uh, which you can do at patreon.com forward slash the get a Life podcast. I don't know what our next episode is going to be. There are some episodes that are in the works, particularly episodes focusing on Pokemon, some review roundups that are going to go up. Expect some episodes on Final Fantasy because there is a lot of JRPGs that I have to go through. A lot of them are really interesting, like Final Fantasy, Tales of Arise, Scarlet Nexus. There's a lot of games that I really, really want to get into and a lot of indie games as well. So expect that in the future. But yeah, hope you guys have enjoyed this episode because you know what? I really enjoyed talking about Dynasty Warriors 9 vampires.